0: We'll <laughs>
1: strong values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Good morning,
2: Arizona. This is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead. And I have a very, very interesting guest on the line with me today. Uh, The former ambassador in the Trump administration to Jamaica. Uh, His name is Don Tapia. He's an outstanding guy. I've known him for years and years and years. He's always been there to support candidates. Uh, running for office more conservative candidates running for office he puts his money where his mouth is Uh, he's all also been so involved in uh, every aspect of making arizona a better place to live he's always been one of my heroes and i'm thrilled to have him on the line welcome ambassador tapia
3: Thank you very much, Matt. It's my pleasure to be here this evening.
2: Well, I'm thrilled to have afternoon. you, uh, yeah. Ambassador, thrilled to have you. Um, recently, I, I just read an article in The Hill that said uh, you're backing Ron, Ron DeSantis.
3: That is not, uh, you know, you, you need to read the full article because what it said was is that uh, it had to do with uh, President Trump attacking a candidate that has not, or a person that has not even announced Uh, To run for president. And that's one of the things that I that I pointed out, that uh, Donald, that President Trump was the president uh, at the time. We needed uh, a a president such as Donald Trump and the policies and the policies uh, that Donald Trump has as president was all American. There is no question that anybody could ever question the uh, uh, the loyalty and so forth of Donald Trump. What they are, what I was questioning the The thing that I brought to the forefront is the fact is we have gone so far to being negative uh, in our campaigns. Uh, you, 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 you know, you come uh, it's like a, I call it like the uh, the girls on the uh, on the playground uh you start attacking uh, you start saying things that are basically hurtful to people number one i don't think that politics should ever be ha- uh, hateful but we've seen in the past uh the past decade how negative uh uh, some of the campaigns are and how people react to them. We've seen it here in the in the state and we've seen it nationally. So that is basically what uh what I was trying to put across is that uh, they said that I'd uh, I deserted Donald Trump. I've not uh, deserted anybody. I'm saying that you're attacking some you are you are saying negative things against a person that has not announced so why are you attacking that person? Uh, as the president and I also feel that as a president of the United States you're on the international. You're on the international platform. You're also on the on the national platform. Act presidential. You do not need to. Start talking about the policies that you put into place when you were president. Talk about what you want to do for the American people. That's what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in in, in Charlie's name-calling.
2: You know, Don, I'm glad that uh, I asked you that question and you could clarify. Uh, Besides uh, uh, being somebody that always stands up and supports good conservative candidates, I know that you're one of the most loyal, decent people uh, in politics, and you know, uh, when uh, Harry Truman went to Washington, he said, if you want a friend in this game, uh, bring a dog. Uh, so politics uh, uh, doesn't have a lot of loyal people, but you're one of them. And um, I, I'm, I'm like you. I'm sick and tired of the name calling. I know in the first election, uh, Trump was famous for making names for different people. He called Marco Rubio, Little Marco. He called uh, Jeb Bush, Low Energy Jeb. He called uh, uh, Ted, uh, or, uh, Ted Cruz. He called him lying Ted and tried to implicate his father in uh, Kennedy's assassination. And I, I agree with you. This uh, this latest uh, uh, where he's been attacking Ron DeSantis, who isn't even in the race. And Ron is a very good friend of mine. I served in the U.S. House with Ron. We did legislation together. I think he's one of the most decent people I've ever known in politics. He's wicked smart. And... It, in my view, he has the same kind of uh, policy ideas uh, of making America uh, great, uh, but he doesn't carry any of the baggage. So for Trump to come out and try to implicate uh, Ron uh, as a groomer, uh, I know he sent out that picture of the uh, Ron with the girls and said said implicated.
3: I have to laugh at that one for, uh, for him to even come out, to even bring a picture out like that. People forget what he said to. To, uh, to Hilton, uh, you know, in a, in a, uh, in a van, what he said there. I, I don't want to attack Donald Trump at all. Uh, I like his policies. His policies are all American. Uh, but the problem that I, that I look at is that Don, Ron DeSantis, when you look at it, he has three young children. He has fought for, he has fought for, uh, you know, uh, pro-choice. And the fact is that uh, what he has there is that he, uh, he has a wife that just uh, you know that just came off of uh, having chemotherapy on right. uh, breast cancer there is a, a loyal family there is a, a family man a person that believes in in doing something right and i just uh, i just have a problem when people start attacking now of course this interview uh, from what i uh, gave one yesterday uh, you know you have some haters out there but they don't read, they don't read the full article of, the, of they're saying that I deserted. Oh, yeah. Donald Trump. It, it, and, I, and,
2: and, it, and I, I don't want to misconstrue anything, but, but I like you. I, I know Kerry Lake recently tweeted that, uh, that, uh, Ron DeSantis was endorsed by George Soros, which is an outright lie. Uh, he has not been endorsed by George Soros. Um, and, and trying to implicate Ron in, in many, many ways. I just hope that this election is on issues and, you know, both of them uh, have good, strong issues that they can fight for. And I hope it's about issues and it doesn't resort to name calling, just as you've said. I'd like to switch gears just a little bit. You were an ambassador to Jamaica. Can you tell us what it's like to be an ambassador?
3: Well, the first thing is, is I, I I really thank you for that question, because what what it is, is that uh, when you become an ambassador to the United States, you're a, a personal representative of the president. But at the same time, you are not a Republican. You're not a Democrat. You are there to support the American people. Uh, and that's how I took the job is. The fact is that I, I was there to support the American people, not uh, not uh, the Republican Party, not the Democratic Party or, or independent uh, it's a great. It's one of the greatest honors that you can have, no matter what, that to have the president of the United States uh, nominate you. Uh, the confirmation uh, process is very tedious, believe it or not. It's a, oh, I know. It's a, uh, as you know, it's very it's very tedious uh, uh, in the fact that uh, uh, you you're looking your whole life over, and believe me, you. Uh, uh, I don't think any of us are, are so squeaky clean. Uh, Uh, You know, I was a kid once, you know, I've done, you know, we've all done uh, little things that, you know, we're not, uh, uh, we don't like to see in the press, but I applaud uh, anybody that gets into the, uh, in the political arena because you put your family and your, your friends in in jeopardy. But it was, it was the greatest honor that I could say that I have ever had in my life uh, to have the president of the United States, which happened to be Donald Trump, uh, to nominate me to be uh, ambassador to Jamaica. So it's a. uh, it's a different way of life, believe me or not. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, you're you're watched almost 24 hours a day, uh, you know, like Pompeo's, uh, uh Mike Pompeo's son said, uh, are you going to know how to drive a car? Because the fact is, you're, you know, for uh, for two years, I never was behind the wheel of a, of a vehicle. Right. And. Uh, in, in fact, maybe I shouldn't be right now at my age. But,
2: you know. <laughs> well, Ambassador, it's, it's such an honor to have you on the show. You're, you're one of the people that I respect immensely, and I know you served our country proudly. So thank you very much. Uh, this is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead, and please stick with us. we got lots more.
1: and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app.
2: Good morning Arizona. This is the Mike Broomhead Show on KTAR and I am Matt Salmon in for the famous Mike Broomhead. So Mike Broomhead had our then Attorney General Mark Burnovich on his program last April. And here's what he had to say
1: in this report did you find any evidence of widespread fraud
2: what the report basically did was provide an initial update to senator fan regarding our initial review of the um, 2020 election now as you know mike and i've said this from the beginning and a lot of folks on the left and right have been critical is that look, i'm limited what we can say while we have investigations ongoing so i'm not going to reach a con- legal conclusion so he left the impression that the election was untoward uh not handled very well and then later on he had this to say Based on what we've looked at so far, what we've, the parts we've completed, the 2020 election in Maricopa County revealed serious vulnerabilities. Serious vulnerabilities. I want to play something from one of my favorite movies, A Few Good Men. You could say that Mark Bernavich said this. I can't really defend that, but it sounds like something he would have said. Lieutenant Kendrick ordered the Code Red, didn't he? Because that's what
1: you told Lieutenant Kendrick to do. Object! when bad, it Loose. Your Honor, you are marching inside the bony trench. Your Honor, you doctored the logbook. Damn it, Captain! You Consider yourself Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. to You want answers? Them. I want the truth. You can't handle the
2: truth. Okay, there we go. Is that what Mark Bernovich was basically saying to everybody? You can't handle the truth. Therefore, all of the information that uh, the people that I hired at this office to investigate, actually investigate, and actually go out and get evidence of wrongdoing, that they basically came back to him and said, no, none of these allegations are accurate. In fact, uh, Yvonne Wingett Sanchez, uh, who is the reporter that broke this story, I know she started working on it about a year ago while she was uh, still working for the Arizona Republic. I'm going to be having her on the show at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. And so you want to stay with us and listen to what she had to say, because she's been working on this for a long time and actually broke the story. Which has now become a national story and put Arizona in the crosshairs all over again. And, you know, when we think about the job of Attorney General, we want somebody who. You've seen that, that statue of justice. Justice is blind. Justice has got the blindfold on. They don't care about anything but the facts, but evidence. Because ultimately what they want to dispense is justice. And we want our top cop or our attorney general... To not be somebody that goes out and shills for the Republican Party, not somebody that goes out and shills for the Democrat Party, not somebody that's thinking about their next political move and how they can feather their nest the best, but they're thinking about justice and enforcing the law and making sure that the citizens of Arizona are presented with the full uh, set of information. Now, a lot of people have been talking recently about the idea that uh, maybe some of the elections would, out, would have turned out differently had this information actually been put out to the public as it should have been. Um, so in April, and, and let's kind of just walk through a, a memory lane with what the Attorney, General, uh, the Attorney General did and when. So right after the election... The state is required by statute uh, to certify the election, and I believe uh, three people are required to participate in that process. Uh, One is the governor, uh, and you probably remember Governor Ducey uh, as he certified that election uh, as as per the statutes he really didn't have any flexibility there is no flexibility built into the statutes as to whether or not you can certify the election on the date given in the statute so Governor Ducey is certifying the election and while he's certifying the election the phone rings and plays hails to the chief which is uh, telling him basically that it's Trump that's on the other end of the line and he ignores it and certifies the election. But the other two, as by statute required to be there and acknowledge the certification are the Attorney General Mark Murnovich, who was there and acknowledged and acquiesced, whatever you want to say, he agreed with the certification uh, that uh, Joe Biden won the state of Arizona. The other person that is there is the Secretary of the State. And so uh, he did that and made everybody mad on the, uh, the, the conspiracy side, the people that believed that the election was stolen, uh, the Trump folks. They were all upset at Brnovich. And then later on, uh, he said on, uh, I believe it was on Fox Business, that the election was fairly done and that there was no, uh, uh, no foul play at all. And he really drew the ire of a lot of the Trump people and the, uh, the conspiracy people anyway. Fast forward, now we're learning that uh, as he tried to campaign for the Senate, he concealed important information from the public, which we had a right to know. This is Matt Salmon with KTAR standing in for Mike Broomhead.
1: Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app.
2: This is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead on KTAR. I have uh, had some really interesting guests so far on the program. We have more to come. Uh, I uh, had an earlier uh, newly elected uh, representative who had a great idea on increasing teacher pay. I also have another breath of fresh air somebody I I uh, spent some time with on the campaign trail uh somebody that uh knows a lot about education because she taught at Yavapai Community College for years and years and years and has retired from there she's now a representative uh from Prescott uh in the state house and somebody that uh, I just really really respect Selena Bliss welcome to the program Thank you, Matt. It's great to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you on. Well, you've got a new proposal uh, dealing with uh, firearms training in the schools. Can you tell us what your proposal is?
0: Yeah, so this is a bill my heatmate, Kwong Nguyen, carried last year, and it failed by only one vote. So I'm getting it a new perspective. I'm a mom. I've been a nurse half my career in the emergency room. I've seen accidental discharges and gunshot wounds and fatalities, and I want to keep our kids safe. So I have a bill proposing a firearm safety training. It's an opt-out, no live firearms in the classroom. This would use props if the instructor so chose to. Uh, but it's a very misunderstood bill, so I'm, I appreciate this opportunity to explain what we're up to with this one.
2: I'm glad you mentioned that they're not bringing uh, real firearms into the class because that was going to be one of my questions. Um, would you be concerned about firearms in the classroom? But they're props. Will they actually be fully functioning props? That, like, if, if it's a, a semi-automatic pistol that you can rack the slide and and uh, function like a, like a regular firearm would.
0: Absolutely not. So I'm very active in training others, and it's about empowerment through education. Um, so what we use in our training classes are what we call rubber guns. They're literally a piece of solid rubber to okay. simulate uh, either a pistol or a rifle, as um, the training indicates. So, yeah, this is a great program. It would allow a 30 to 60-minute uh, course one time in grades 6 through 12. It is, like I said, parent choice. If they want to opt out, their kids they can Uh, but rather than having our kids learn from uh, social media about firearms let's teach them to be safe from the get-go
2: so selena would it be taught in different grade levels or would you be focusing on a certain grade level
0: any a one-time instruction in any grade 6 through 12, that's up to the um, the schools themselves. So this bill allows a lot of freedom. Um, it allows several curriculum to choose from. We wanted them to be well-established curriculum. So we've got four or five programs that have been around at least 30 years the school can choose from. As far as who's teaching the class, um, we've given in the bill a variety of choices of who's qualified to teach
2: as well. And how would it be funded?
0: Uh, This is part of the curriculum, so it's part of the package. You go to school, you learn safety in the woodshop, you learn safety in the kitchen. Now you can learn safety when it comes to firearms. Um, And I want to point out, most kids come across firearms outside of their home. That's where we see a lot of accidents. So we want to empower our kids to know what to do if they come across a firearm, especially outside of the home.
2: So, Selena, I know a lot of people are concerned about uh, children uh, or, or young uh, teenagers uh, finding uh, weapons uh, and uh, uh, not knowing what to do around them, uh, not knowing what's the proper protocol for handling a weapon, and and uh, to make sure that uh, child, children aren't injured or, or even, you know, worst-case scenario, uh, fatalities occur. Um, can you talk just a little bit about what kind of reception you're getting, and uh, if it lost by one vote last year, was that on the House floor? That was. When
0: all 60 legislators get together, one legislator was not in support, and with our slim one vote margin, it only takes one to kill a bill.
2: So, has your bill been heard yet in the committee?
0: It has. It's gone through caucus, so it's uh, due to go to the floor, I believe, on Monday, Um, We put a slight amendment to it clarifying who uh, creates the curriculum. We cleaned it up a bit based on some concerns. But Matt, I want to point out too. This class offers an opportunity for kids to take home handouts and materials to their parents and open up conversations about what would you do if you came across a situation where a firearm was involved. So we're hoping to pull in the parents as well to help educate them um, as to firearm safety in our um, in our environment.
2: I I think that anything that we can do uh, to make people feel uh, more secure uh, and to know that, that they understand uh, that a weapon is just a tool, uh, a firearm is just a tool, and any tool that's misused uh, can can hurt.
0: Exactly, and it's not a weapon unless it's misused or used to protect oneself. Um, so firearm safety training is also involved with recreational shooting as well, So, and self-protection. So let's all get out there and practice our Second Amendment rights.
2: Well Selena I, I, I am uh I'm I'm happy that you're you're doing this. I you know we we need to do everything that we can uh to make sure we do have a second amendment right. Uh it's not a privilege and it's not about duck honey. We have a second amendment right uh to possess firearms uh to and and we all know that it is uh it was set up by our founding fathers uh to protect uh regular citizens uh from uh, an unruly intrusive uh Government, We know that that's part of the equation, but it's also about protecting our, ourselves and our family from those uh, who might uh, uh, that are willing to take our lives or, or cause significant harm. And that's something we have celebrated since the birth of this nation. Isn't that right?
0: That's right. And education begins with our youth. And that's why the sixth through twelfth grade is such an important age demographic to understand the importance and to respect um, firearms and firearms safety.
2: Well, thank you, Selena, for being on the program. Thank you for fighting the fight. This is Matt Salmon with KTAR. We got a lot more coming.
1: values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Good morning, everybody. This is Matt
2: Salmon on this wonderful February day on KTAR, standing in for the wonderful, wonderful Mike Broomhead. So... Talking a lot uh, nationally about this George Santos character, the congressman from New York, that's made a lot of uh, very uh, outstanding claims. In fact, why don't you listen right now to his stump speech?
1: So after that, lying was easy for me Lied about my age and joined the army I was, uh, I was 13 at the time Yeah I went to Vietnam And I was injured catching a mortar shell in my teeth And it made me a three-star general And, and, and then I got a job in journalism Running for the National Enqu- uh, Geographic Yeah I was making 20000 a year month In fact, I, I won the Pulitzer Prize that year Yeah, that's a ticket
2: All right, I can't back that up. That was the great comedian, John Lovitz. But I thought it was really funny and apropos, so I put it in there. So these are some of the lies uh, told by George Santos. Uh, His parents immigrated from Brazil. But he said he attended the Horace Mann School in Bronx during his first year of high school, but had to leave the prestigious private academy in his senior year because my parents fell on hard times. But a spokesman for the school said that in December there was no evidence that he attended Horace Mann. Later, he obtained a high school equivalency diploma. He claims he graduated with a degree in economics and finance from Baruch College in 2010, which suggests he would have made it through a four-year program in just two years if he actually graduated from Horace Mann in 2008. But a Baruch representative told the Times there was no record of Santos being in the class of 2010, nor is there a record of Santos being a star on the Baruch volleyball team, as he also claimed. He never worked on Wall Street either. His campaign bio states that he worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, but representatives for both companies said that they had no record of his employment. The lies weren't that hard to figure out. Santos said he worked in Citi's real estate wing in the 2010s, though the bank sold off its asset management operations when he was still in high school, if he really was in high school. So after Santos was sworn into Congress, uh, his inflated resume was out there saying all of these things. Why doesn't the press do a better job vetting candidates and making sure that when they put out – it's pretty easy with uh, all the access to information that we have today on the Internet, which, remember, was invented by Al Gore. Not, uh, but uh, lots of politicians can join the George Santos group. In fact, there's a, an opinion piece from a guy named Jack Schaefer uh, from Politico uh, magazine, and uh, they uh, said that the, uh, the the caucus, the George Santos caucus, is growing, according to a recent Washington Post investigation. Anna Paulina Luna of Florida. Can't keep her ethnicity straight. Claims to have grown up destitute and neglected when she didn't and appears to have incorrectly portrayed herself as the victim of the home invasion. She contested the Post story and one-on-one correction and a clarification. Need to make sure that's clear. And then Representative Andy Ogles, Republican from Tennessee, has claimed to be an economist. He's not. re-rendered his minor position as a reserve sheriff's deputy into a career as a crime fighter, cracking down on sex trafficking, and inflated his participation in non-degree classes at Vanderbilt and Dartmouth into claims of having attended their graduate schools. So... Is uh, fib your way to Congress, the trend that's emerging, and do, do, do Santos, Luna, and Ogles' stories mark a failure of the press to bully Vette uh, people before Election Day? I want to talk about it from maybe just a little bit different perspective. Does character for our candidates, whether you're Republican or uh, Democrat, does it really matter? I remember somebody said in one of my elections, uh, you can say, uh, put on your bumper sticker, this uh, race is about character. One of the candidates has some and the other is one. Uh, I didn't use that bumper sticker, but uh, I thought it was kind of funny. You might also remember that Elizabeth Warren was famous or infamous. Infamous for uh, saying that she was of Cherokee heritage, which was debunked and caused her major pain and problem. But she's still a U.S. senator. Al Gore, as I mentioned earlier, invented the Internet. Nah, come on. And Joe Biden. Oh, gosh. Uh, his misstatements uh, are many and legendary. Um, You know he, uh, but when Joe blunders or overstates, they cover him in the the media by saying, "Oh, that's just Joe," and then they change the subject. Well, I I got to ask you, does character matter, or is it where they stand on the issues? I would submit to you that character should, excuse the pun, trump everything else. That character really does matter. That if a person is not honest about their own doings, how do you expect them to be honest where they stand on a critical issue anyway? Or whether they're going to keep those campaign promises on policy matters that they promise to do. So I, I would submit to you that character actually is more important than anything else. If they don't have character, if they can't be trusted, then don't elect them. This Santos guy should be out of out of the Congress, having served in that august body. Uh, look, the, the the questions and the concerns of people about their government and the people that represent them in government are are not not few and far between. They're many, and we ought to be doing the best that we can to make sure that not only the brightest and the best. But the most integrous are also those that represent us in the nation's capital, and this is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead. I hope you'll stick with me as we con- as we continue. I- actually, I just got the message. I've got another minute or two. So, folks, I I I believe with all my heart that there are a lot of really really good people out there, and people get. Are painted with the same brush, and uh, uh, all election or excuse me all candidates are are liars. The fact is there's some really good people out there on both sides of the aisle, but we've got to vet candidates better, and we 've got to do a better job making sure that what they 're telling us is the truth, because as I mentioned before, w- we 've been promised the sun, the moon, and the stars by candidates both on the right and the left, and then they get to office and they do whatever they damn well please. The best predictor of what somebody's going to do is what they've done before. But if they haven't been in office, folks, make sure you do the vetting. If they make commitments and comments about what they've done or what they haven't done, just make sure that what they're saying is accurate. Because if it's not accurate and you're being lied to, then they're going to be lying about what they're going to do for you uh, as an elected official anyway. Please make sure that we're vetting people thoroughly. And media, do your job. And make sure that when these people make these statements and put their uh, bios out there, that they're being vetted and that the public actually knows what the truth is. This is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead on KTAR.